You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Geek Card Check. The voice you're hearing right now, this is Chris. And I am Tyler. And this is Kate with a reminder that we are going to be talking about Dune next week. Dune, yes, the we book, are. not any of the previous film versions that we are pretending don't exist right now. Not yet. So, <laughs> not yet. This is your reminder that we are going to be talking about the first part of the book. The book is split into three books is what they call it inside, but it's just like part one, two, and three. We will be covering book one of that. So if you uh, started it and need to catch up, this is a great time to do it. Uh, We will be having a spoilerific conversation about this great classic work of science fiction, and we can't wait to share it with you guys. Yay! Mm. Absolutely. Oh, well, this but week. that's Oof. so that's next week. Yes. This week we are talking My Neighbor Totoro, which is a Studio Ghibli film or Ghibli film. You'll, you're going to hear all the different forms of that word, I think, tonight. Uh, but I believe I believe it's Ghibli, and I'm going to go. And with I'm it. a I'm a Ghibli, and he's a Ghibli. So yeah. I think of Gibbler from like the Gibbler from Full House whenever Tyler says <laughs> Ghibli. <laughs> yes. So. yes, that's a reference I did not I did not expect <laughs> tonight. But we'll go with it. We'll go with it. And so uh, one of us is offending someone, and uh, I just will say we apologize. So, um, or we're covering our bases. Or we're covering know? our bases. There we go. Uh, so, My Neighbor Totoro is a 1988 Japanese animated fantasy film directed by uh, Hayao Miyazaki uh, for his what is now incredibly well respected and incredibly famous uh, movie studio. Uh, which has produced uh, fantastic films like Spirited Away, like uh, Ponyo. Delivery Service, Ponyo, uh, Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, thank you. That, that was what I was trying, to, trying to remember. Yes. Yep. Tales of Earthsea, things like that. Um, it is uh, a well-renowned uh, movie movie studio that I think deserves being revisited here, at the very mm-hmm. least for this uh, for this movie if not for others. Um, so this movie was made in uh, 1988. It was dubbed into English, I believe, in 1993 after that, and then redubbed for the one we are going to, at least the one I'm discussing, or that mm-hmm. I watched was from 2006, which was um, uh, Tim Daly, Elle Fanning, Dakota Fanning. Um, yeah, real-life sisters playing the sisters in yeah, this movie. Yeah, playing the sisters, which I, which I thought was great. Uh, but My yep. Neighbor Totoro, I think, is the one to, d- to dig into of all of them. It's, it's one that's been on my list for a long time, but if you just like browse for a second uh it is on the top of of like every single list of great animated film movies or just great world cinema and it's it's number 41 in empire's uh, 100 best films of world cinema it's in sight and sound uh, Time Out is i think has ranked at number one um ign top 25 animated figures totoro is totoro is front and center it's even their logo of studio ghibli um so mm. i think this is a this is a perfect entry film. If somebody is wondering, how do I get into Studio Ghibli? I, I, I say Totoro is the, the one to get in with. It even has a cameo. Totoro, the character, has a cameo in Toy Story 3. Oh, I don't and, think I realized that. Yeah. And I've been told, though I have, I cannot personally confirm, that Totoro also showed up in South Park and sort of in Bob's that Burgers. That would make sense. <laughs> so I'm not sure what that's about, but that's a thing, too, for those of you sure. who are fans. Sure. Well, so Kate, why? Uh, oh, and the other thing I should mention is uh, one of the avenues for us getting into this was uh, 
Studio Ghibli films are all on HBO Max right now, and there was just recently a new release from Studio Ghibli, their first in, I think, six years, uh, called the Ear- or called Earwig and the Witch, which is based on uh, Diana Wynne-Jones story as well. Um, so, anyway, if you're looking for a, hey, why should I watch this, uh, there's... You know, there's that new thing that's gonna, coming out, but also... If you're going to watch one of their films based on a Diana Wynne-Jones, do Howl's Moving <laughs> yeah. Castle. It's a way better film, yeah. and it's... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, Kate, why are we watching this? Why, why else are we digging into this movie? So, I pitched this movie to the guys um, for a few reasons. Uh, one of which is I wanted to do a really family-friendly film as a way to share your fantasy love with all ages and this movie covers that but it's not like it's not a little kid movie where the adults are sitting there going okay we're just tolerating this this is really painful like this is really an all ages film um and it also we haven't done a lot of animated films on the pod and this is like this fills that niche of its it's fantasy it's animated and it adds something substantive to the genre. There are kids who grow up that this is one of their first uh, introductions to fantasy. And so it's, I think, a hugely talked about, or sorry, a hugely important but under-talked about in the geekdom universe of uh, films that really matter to being a geek that can be gateway films uh, for people. And so, and this film also works for people who are like, I'm not really into that weird stuff i don't do fantasy i don't do science fiction this is another film that's a great gateway uh film so we had to talk about it at some point sure i like it well so chris i want to i'm kind of curious to start with you we we were particularly excited to start with you because you are a dad Uh of two girls uh and so and, and they more than us are probably their their primary audience at least they were in 1988 i'm kind of curious what was your what was your guys viewing experience like yeah, that was going to be kind of the main lens that I was going to talk this talk about this movie through. And it was it's incredible how well this movie portrays the relationship between two sisters because yes. I thought the it same is thing. it is definitely my oldest daughter and my youngest daughter and it's how they play, <laughs> it's how they talk to one another, it's the things that they do, it's the running around, it's the it's the craziness and the chaos. It's the inside jokes and the kind of almost secondary language that they have. Mm-hmm. It's the, um, you know, I see this, do you see that? And then all of a sudden they've created a world. I mean, just this afternoon they've been outside building forts and tents and creating, you know what I mean? So they build worlds. And so it was really, uh, it was really well, it was incredible to see how well done somebody had to have two daughters, I guess right. is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. This isn't just, um, you know, some random dude in a boardroom trying to write a story. This is somebody who knew had two daughters or was a daughter who wrote um, this and had a sister who wrote this because the relationship there is, is really striking um, and really well done. Very genuine. Um, Yes, 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 yes. And you know, this movie is interesting because there is no um, antagonist. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, There is no main problem in mm-hmm. the movie uh, at the very beginning you think maybe it might be the shadow mites what are they called they're they're the little uh, dust soot uh, gremlins. The soot gremlins, yeah. gremlins thank you um the soot gremlins do you know what i mean yeah. but those turn out to be they're just nothing adorable and, and they well, yeah 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, it's all about kind of becoming comfortable in a new space. I mean, that's that's basically. And again, we just moved uh, to a new home. Mm -hmm. um, and so there was a lot of familiar moments in this film, packing, unpacking a lot of, you know, just like uncertainty, new places and needing to feel comfortable around things that might feel a little bit weird or strange. Right. Um, and that's what this movie really is all about. It is a, it's a visual metaphor, a visual, um, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, a visual it's, it's very, feast too. it is. Yes. It's beautiful. beautiful film. Yes. And it's super weird. Yeah. Like I think if, if you were to ask my children right now, what did you think of this movie? And I did afterwards. Like, what did you think of that? They're like, we really liked it a lot. It was very, you know, nice. And, but man, it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Cat Bus. Yes. Um, they, they loved Cat Bus. I bet, uh, yes. But, but that, the, the concept, if you think about it too long, it becomes very disturbing. Yeah. It's, it was, um, it's weird. Uh, it's almost... Uh, you know, I should have said this earlier. We are about, we're going to spoil all of this. We're going to talk about all the details yes. of it. There aren't any spoilers, really, but still, no. like, you know. There's no, we are. there's no plot. There's, there's no, no plot, plot in this or movie. danger or twist ending that we're going to spoil. It's just, but well, we there is a little bit of danger that, that one of the one of the daughters you think may have died or gotten hurt or something. True. And there True. is a little bit of, like, peril it's that happens. Yep. can be a little disturbing, uh, especially to younger viewers. Right. I know I my, my youngest daughter was kind of doing a little bit of... Um, oh, I was. I was like, me. I swear, if they kill May, yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I was like, oh man, I was like, I hope this well, doesn't happen. I read that happen. there's a fan theory out there that May is actually dead, but Miyazaki came yeah. out publicly and said, no, that is not true. That good. is not what happened. Good, good. I, yeah, I don't. That's not. That's not how this movie ends, and that's no. not what this movie is about at all. It is about dealing with change, mm -hmm. dealing fear? with yeah, fear, and and like I'm saying, like like weird things happening yep. and you know their their mother is very sick and so Waiting dealing for with her, like that was the uncertainty. big if is she gonna die the whole time you yeah know yeah yep. so it's very good it, it here's what i will say is that this movie is very good at giving you a child's eye view of what they go through when there's some major change and or disruption yeah. happening in their life um, and we've seen a lot of that in my personal family right now so i think that resonated very mm -hmm. well with us in this film and like you said it's beautiful um it is weird uh there's a lot of some cultural things they felt very uncomfortable during the bath scene i didn't know that was happening and all of a sudden there it was and it was like oh okay yeah okay oh, girls sure. it's okay it's fine it's fine it's just a cultural thing that they do mm -hmm. so you know it, there are just some cultural moments and and you know uh, the fact that there's japanese writing and sure. it's in the subtitles we watched it all with subtitles oh, you did watch it in subtitles subtitle and with the with the dubbing but just because that's oh better. i see what you mean um, gotcha yeah, we watched it in English with and, English subtitles. Yeah, gotcha. Anyway, I was like, I've wow, that's talking... a way of you know, diving them into foreign language films yes, right there. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, they would love it. And that's another sure. thing I should say is that my kids love um, the kind of, I don't know, what it, anime light, I guess the is what it's called. So they're, yeah. they're mm -hmm. a huge fan of like Pokemon. Gotcha. They have a lot of, you know, they, they love Nintendo, they're like the Nintendo stuff. Sure. They're, they're in that world. Um, and so this, they So this is not unfamiliar aesthetic no. to them good no no no. And they've watched several netflix series that are you know kids animated series or anime series they love all that kind of stuff they're not so much this where it's a slower and more yeah. methodical they're they're more into like swords and sure. sorcery and you know action um but they definitely appreciated this sure. i've been talking for too long but that yeah. is where that is definitely where we were it was charming it was good 
uh, and it was definitely relatable. So that 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 what else can you say? That mm-hmm. is that's what this movie is. Yep. Uh, as we watched it too, as so I watched it with Clarice, and the we were watching it, and, and I was like, "May is you," and and I would also <laughs> say, "May is May is you, Clarice." Currently, like, <laughs> like this. Oh, wow. There, yeah, there's there's a lot, and I, I don't okay. mean that in, in, in a negative. Sh- and she would say the same thing if she was here. Uh, the just the, ooh, there's something shiny on the ground. I gotta I gotta go look. Or ooh, there's something you know. I gotta go look at the plants. I gotta go look at the trees. I gotta go. I mean, just any of those. She would run headlong into a forest and land on a, a gigantic creature, and like that's what would happen for her in in life. So, um, it was just it was very relatable. But I, I thought the same thing of you know I, I teach. Um, I teach high schoolers, but my school is K through 12. So I see, you know, we've got elementary kids running around at recess and things like that. And I was thinking just the thing that struck me was them running around yeah. and just that like zooming around the property back and forth and up and down and, and, you know, oh, give the dad, a, give the dad some flowers and then run back and, and uh, just, you know, even the, the style of them running, I thought was so not cookie cutter um, or the, them, them going up the stairs for the first time up into the attic where the, the little girl has to take one step at a time while the other, mm-hmm. the other one kind of crawls yep. up the stairs. Yep. I just, it was so, it just as one picture, that's just so natural and so organic and real feeling to me that, uh, it felt like a guy who had kids or at least, you know, has kids in his life. And I, I really, I thought that was super, super good touchstone. Um, it's also yeah. really ironic that it's more realistic than a lot of live action films for kids yes. these days that have them doing superhero moves and things that yes. like human bodies can't do. And right. so like coming back to an animated, uh, hand-drawn animated film, we actually yeah. have a more realistic depiction of how kids move through the world. Totally. Yeah, on that, it, it's absolutely, you're absolutely right. Most kids' movies are designed for the kids to feel like they're adults. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, the kids the kids are the spy. The right. kids are the detective. Right. The kids are the the superhero that, you know, the adult. This, the kids are just kids. Yep. Yeah. And what we don't have is that the trope that I hate and have I've always hated it of um, stupid absent dad or stupid absent parents um he he is an absent-minded kind of professor but he's not an absent he's a very involved dad yes yeah i wouldn't say he's absent-minded at all i think he's just he's he's doing he's doing his job he's He's working he's an adult he's an adult world yeah and the kids are in play world and they're or or, you know in imagination land and so he just doesn't even yeah like Mm -hmm. he's really good he's a really good dad he is a good dad i i loved it i thought that was uh it, that was refreshing. It, it is one of the tropes that I just absolutely hate in in uh, in mm-hmm. film is uh, is especially children's films is absent stupid parents and this mm-hmm. was not yeah. that. Um, no. It was it was great. They, there was a good healthy relationship. Um, yeah, they don't have to be there. stupid for the kids to have adventures. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I yes, that's that's pretty much right. Kate, what about, I've kind of talked a bit and you've you chimed in, but what about you? What was your experience watching this and, and what did you? I don't know. What what have you felt about it? So I think this is a first watch for both of you, correct? Yes. Yes, yes. we should have said that. Yeah, yeah I've, okay. I've never watched any Studio Ghibli, Ghibli, <laughs> Jello movie ever yep. before. So this is the first, my first experience. Yeah. I've watched some, but not many. Uh, Spirited Away, I used to teach. And honestly, I, I don't like Spirited Away. I liked it the first time. And then the more that I taught it, I actually disliked it every single subsequent viewing well more. don't spoil it because i have not watched that one yet oh no i won't other than that that's so that was my main entrance um 
into it, but I, I've, I've seen Howl's Moving Castle. I look forward to telling really you liked. you're wrong. Oh, sure. Please, please do. I, <laughs> I know I'm in the vast minority of people who don't like Spirited Away, which is like Academy Award winning animated film and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, yes. Howl's Moving Castle, I do I really enjoyed. Um, and so that those were my two real touchstones as I, as I went into yeah. this. Okay. Well, um, so this was actually my third time seeing the film. But my okay. first time seeing it with the modern English dubbing. Uh, okay. Previously, I had only seen the Japanese language version with the English subtitling. Gotcha. Um, and the first time I saw this movie was actually several years ago. A former co-worker of Tyler's and mine recommended it. He said it was basically one of his favorite movies yeah. to watch when he had a sick day at home or just a really bad day. And this movie would just make him feel better. I um, believe that. This is just a delightful, delightful movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, that was my entrance into the world of uh, Studio Ghibli, but Totoro also. And um, I then introduced my husband, Peter, to the film last year because mm-hmm. I've been working my way through more of the films uh, put out by the studio that I had not seen yet. And it just utterly charmed him um, he, enough so that he he bought it for a sibling's upcoming birthday. Good thing nice. she doesn't listen to the podcast because her birthday hasn't happened yet. Um, anyway, Uh-oh. and so um, um, so we watched it again uh, in preparation for the pod. And my experience did change a little bit from mm-hmm. the dubbed version to the English language version. The uh, like they update some of the. Um, some of the, the euphemisms and references to things, they changed them for American oh, audiences a little did bit. They? they did. So like they're not it's not like major differences, it just is essentially adjusting it for the culture that's consuming it. Sure. Well, so, not, yeah. even down to the fact that as far as I read, this is supposed to take in, in ju- take place in just post war Japan, but mm-hmm. it didn't feel like if I didn't know that I wouldn't have I don't think I would have seen that. Yeah, and actually when I watched the subtitled version, it was translating all of the places um, where you saw Japanese language characters on screen. So like the cat oh. bus had like the text of where it was going next on there. And in the subtitled version, I was it curious told me about where, that. what, the, what it yeah, said. Yeah. Because we were watching in subtitles that Did actually it? had the same for I us too. We were able to yeah. see. So yep. that's a tip for listeners. If you're Seriously. watching it and you want to know what uh, characters say in the background, that's a way to get that information. Yep. I wish I had done that. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, um, so this was my third time watching it, but I mean, I just love it more each time I watch it, and <laughs> um, I am the older sister, I have a younger nice. sister, and I had a very imaginative childhood, um, analog childhood, like we did not right. have all the digital stuff that yeah. um, is normal for today's childhood, and our childhood was a very much outdoors playing imagination fueled. Um, it, um, uh, the magical realism of like, it's like we have a very grounded in reality story with magical realism happening sure. at the same time. And um, I mean, that was what my childhood was like. It was my functional Narnia. Um, yeah. And so, and I mean, I was sort of, what do they call it in D&D? The dungeon master? Or like the person yeah. who actually does all of the storytelling. Like yes. keeps things. Like that was my role with my siblings growing up when we played together. And nice. so yeah. it yeah. was totally a relatable. Like it was taking me back in my mind some of my childhood experiences. Uh, kind of time traveling me to nice. the past. And so um, uh, 
the way it captures that experience, even though it was happening, the Totoro was happening in a different culture, mm-hmm. there is the universality of certain types of childhood experiences that just really speaks to me in this. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the, 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 the sibling relationship does cross all boundaries and barriers because you go through a lot and your mm-hmm. kids and the world is horrifying Yeah, and you've got to figure out a way to, to, to deal cope, with it. Yep. And yeah. And like Totoro and the other creatures like him, they are ironically named Totoro is a misunderstanding on May's part because, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really come through in the English language uh, as clearly though they do sort of mention it in the movie, but um, that was her understanding of a different word that is the Japanese word for troll. And mm-hmm. so she kind huh. of fumbles that. It's like, it's... Uh, well, the sister says something about troll, and I, I wanted to have From her little storybook. And yeah. so May misunderstands the word and says it wrong. And so, like, the, the, the story, like, that's straight up a kid's thing where you misunderstand something that someone says, and that becomes the name for that thing. That's cool. Yeah. 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 I loved that. And so um, I also liked that, like, this is not a... Um, uh, the, the weirdness and the strangeness is part of what really makes it work. Uh, it reminded me of Narnia in that respect yes. where Totoro, like you could say, he, you know, the, the quote about Aslan in in uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is he's not a tame lion, but he's good. Totoro yeah. is a wild, weird being, very different, but he is good and you can fully believe in that. Um, and that works really well here he's good and still and and yet still very strange. non-human yeah yes. which i which i i loved i thought that was the scene I, that reminds me of too and we might get into this i guess more but the the them standing at the bus stop in the rain which yes, that's the, the image i've seen yeah and he's just he's he's very awkward he's like i'm standing he's goofy here. Yeah, yes i'm standing here with you this is fine <laughs> and i yeah. got like a little lily pad on his head uh, it's, Which is totally great. not keeping the rain off, and it's dropping no. on him. And so then Satsuki gives him the umbrella, and then he sort of has to tell him what to do with it. And yes. then when he first has the heavy drops fall on it, and it just excites him so yeah. much to have that sensation. It's I love delightful. It. Um, and I mean, <laughs> the cat bus. It's like yeah. this movie's version of you know a tortoise or cat. you know like places. Yeah, but it's not actually the Cheshire Cat. Like, it reminds everyone of that. It felt like it, yeah. came out and said, this is totally not an Alice in Wonderland thing. It's actually a reference to Japanese mythology, uh, a shape-shifting character. Yeah. But did you notice on the bus that the lights on the front and the back were rats with their eyes glowing? red eyes. Yes, I loved it. That was what my kids. My kids immediately saw that and were like, oh, there are rats yeah. on there. What this is <laughs> what the heck? weird. Yeah. And unlike oh, a lot of children's skin stories, is opening. the ah. rats are not bad guys. They're just part of the story. They're, just They're there, part of yeah. the scenery. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but you have to admit, I mean, it is it is a weird thing. But again, like that's the whole idea is, is that for anyone else, for us as adults, we would all say, well, that's horrifying. But again, the kids are just, just, yeah, they're 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 dreaming all this up they're, they're they're wanting to maybe they're not who knows they're yeah. but but this is this is a world that even though it's kind of scary they're just they're going straight into and yeah. screaming right back at yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like i'm just gonna ah, i'm gonna scream at you you scream at me and then we're gonna stare awkwardly at one another like right. those moments yeah that's what happens that's, yeah. that's mm-hmm. what they do 
Oh, the totally. planting of the trees, which which I yeah. or the acorns, which I loved, where you get that. That's definitely your your animism and, and that connection to you know to nature and and if you if you yeah. kind of believe it enough and if you kind of you know uh, connect enough with with nature, then you can you can help spur it on. But I, I I loved that delightful that it's the imagination of it growing up in this huge gigantic tree, and again that image of the dad working with this gigantic. He kind of looks outside. and something must be going on outside, but he goes back to work and, and the tree has grown over the entire house. But then the yeah. next morning it's just the, the saplings. And I, I loved, but the I, I kids are just as excited. Yes. What's yeah. great about it is that like, they've just gone on this adventure and it's a huge thing for us adults to be like, Oh man, yeah. the tree's the not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But they're just like, Oh look, we did it. it it's and like, like they the know. little sprout is out. And yeah. so, it's just that wonderful thing is is that like the kids are adapting, yes. right? No matter mm-hmm. what's happening, they're gonna find the good. Yeah. Even if it's, I don't know. It, it that is, it's, yeah. it's great. It's good to see. I think also one really big theme throughout that I think maybe even just is cultural for them yeah. is respect. Yeah. Because yes. it's respect for nature. It's respect yep. for each other and their feelings. And it's it's like when the kid, when the kids see the little. Uh, soot gremlins the adults mm-hmm. like work with that and like there's they acknowledge kids have a reality that they can see that adults yeah. can't anymore that you outgrow and it's it's all done lovingly rather than putting down the kids for oh it's just your imagination or you know any of those sorts yeah. of things yeah. it embraces it's yeah their it's a stupid kids you should get back experience. to reality yeah what an interesting way to to say that, though, Kate, is is that there's a respect for children to be children yep. in yeah. this movie. That's an, it's an interesting way of putting that because you're right. Because the dad, the reason why we think he's such a great dad is because he's willing to allow the kids to have that that work. Right. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? He does not knock it them down. He knows what they're going through, and so he is he's willing. Not only willing, he wants to encourage them. Mm-hmm in this adventure Absolutely. that they're going on so like when and May doesn't comes, smack them down yeah so like when may comes back from her adventure and she tries to show them where she met totoro in the the path and the shrubbery doesn't lead there anymore and her sister is yeah. scornful and he gives her an explanation yeah. that oh, yeah. encourages her and honors her experience yeah. yeah he just didn't want to be found right now it's very that was very yeah. narnia too where oh we didn't get through the wardrobe right now it's you know that's fine instead and i love that it was he was just like, yeah, it's fine. You know, it's, it's, you'll find it. It was yeah. great. Yeah. And I think connected to that, the, the, the only stakes that really exist in this film are relational. Um, as you know, like, uh, whenever granny says, Hey, my vegetables will make your, you know, your mom healthy and good. Yeah. And so may then has this corn oh, cob that she's super attached to yeah. and she's carrying it around and she wants to take it to her mom in the hospital to make her mom better. So she just takes off and does yeah. like, it's just this whole, you feel for her wanting to her mom to be home and to make her mom better and her fear that yeah. she can't do that. And then when she is missing, Satsuki's suddenly feeling bad that she snapped at her sister yep. and she's so worried about that. Like it's it's all the relational interaction that you get the whole total feels moments out of. Yes. Yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree with you on that. And like you were saying, like the corn cob she's holding, she's etched in mo- mommy on it or for mom or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so it, it is, yeah, you're you're totally right. Like it is all about relationships, respect for one another, and the ability for the kids to adapt um, in, in ways that are 
totally unique to kids. Yeah. Um, but are are super important. So yeah, no, I'm. It, it was great. It was great. I think it's also important to point out the music. The music yes. reinforces childhood and the yep. culture. Like, I mean, what did you guys think about it? Uh, yeah, no, from I, the opening, it is delightful. Yep. Yeah. No, go for it. Go for it, Chris. No, I was gonna say it's just delightful. The whole movie is delightful. It definitely added an extra layer of uh, playfulness, um, and also um, what could have been a very creepy moment is filled more with um, curiosity mm-hmm. because of the the music carrying it through. Uh, you know, because you can you can build tension with that. You know, really eerie yeah. sounding when they were going up to the gremlins or whatever. They they could have been playing some, but instead it's just this very kind of uh, playful, airy, light, like we're, we're curious. Mm-hmm. We're not afraid. We're mm-hmm. curious. Yep. It, it was, it was very childlike. And I, I loved even the, the little musical overture at the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. tells you exactly yeah, what so this weird. is yeah. going to be, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. it was, yeah, it was a, the, the music was stood out to me as, as the tone of this film. And it, of course that's what music does, but, but it really grounded it and reassured us the whole time. This is not, a, a terrifying scary movie there are scary real things in the world that they are encountering but but the movie is not a scary movie and mm-hmm. i and i really liked that it kept us it kept us light and kind of buoyant um and it, and man it is an earworm too like yeah, da, 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 it's da, been playing da, da. in my head for yep. the last 24 hours uh-huh yep <laughs> yeah i love that yep. yeah yeah what did you guys think about the art because i mean mm. we've talked about it's beautiful but then it also like for instance in the the end credits the story actually advances a little bit in what Continues. they do with the art there so like yep. what did you guys think about the art i i uh, there were there were multiple times where i thought i could frame this and have it on my wall and i would love it you know the like the one i mentioned before is is which is i think used in a lot of the posters is um totoro and Suzuki standing next to each other at the bus stop um and in the rain, which I love, but there's there's like a dawn, you know. Uh, there's an image of the dawn as they kind of pan across all of the rice paddies and the fields around them. Um, just it is, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous film. It it is like, and, and Miyazaki is known for that. Miyazaki's films are known known for that. Um, and but this one I think is like, okay, this set the bar for everything mm-hmm. they would do later on. Yeah, I my my thought was they don't really make movies no. like this anymore. It, yeah. it felt painterly. It felt it, it felt like everything was handcrafted and and really just. It felt like you were saying like a work of art. Every frame mm-hmm. uh, was mm-hmm. was really incredible to look at, from the dark scenes to the the bright scenes. Everything in between. It was was it was very detailed um, and specific. You know, I. You know, sometimes anime style can be a little bit—I don't want to say haphazard—but it, you get you get more like a lot of the, you know, the backgrounds are just yeah, yeah. It, things just kind of are more static and mm-hmm. there's a lot of. But this, even though that is maybe true of a lot of this, it's so beautiful to look at and so detailed yeah. that it is—it's an incredible—it's uh, an incredible thing to 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 see. And like I said, they don't really make movies like that mm-hmm. anymore. It is—it's not a—it's not a normal thing to see. So. Uh, it was, it was incredible. Yep. I noticed Beautiful. at the beginning of the film when they are go when they are heading towards the house that they're moving into that they they pass a uh, bus stop shelter and mm-hmm. there's a little um, uh, cat statue there laying down. Oh, is there? Which is kind of a little bit of I guess nice. foreshadowing that they will be meeting a cat bus later. 
Um, the other comment I wanted to make was, um, apparently if it were not for the scenery, Totoro would not exist. And by that, I mean, uh, Miyazaki, it's a place where he has a house in real life, or at least it did at that time. Oh yeah. It's, it's a um, real place. Yeah. He, um, was <laughs> deeply inspired by the natural surroundings. And that's actually where Totoro began for him was that landscape. And he has said publicly, Totoro would not exist if I had not lived in this place and discovered what is there and yep. apparently they call that forest which really exists like Totoro's forest or, or whatever the local mm -hmm. variant of that is because That's a cool. lot of it is very reflective of what is in that place which it's like sign me up for the Totoro yeah right package. yeah <laughs> that's cool that's cool I had no idea that that was that was a real place that's neat that's real neat yep yeah um so do you guys have any favorite scenes from the movie or do you just want to hug the whole movie and be done with it? <laughs> hug the whole movie. Well, I, I think that 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 bus sequence is definitely like I think Tyler already mentioned it. It looks so crazily stunning even though it's a dark place there's waiting for a bus mm -hmm. but then the cat bus shows up it, it's a very memorable moment in the movie because you're just like what am i seeing what is happening right now and it's also the moment that they really form a bond with totoro too like mm -hmm. before they're just kind of at a distance not sure but now it's kind of become more i mean once that umbrella gets gets handed it's it's one of those kind of like you know complete um I don't know, a bond, I guess. Yeah. So th that, that moment is definitely memorable. But again, like I'd say, like the very beginning when the girls are just running around, our family was watching it together and we were just like, that that's you guys. Look, that's what you, you did that today. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was very memorable. I know it's not here nor there. Probably most people don't think of that as the most memorable scene. But for me, it was seeing that this relationship between the two uh, sisters felt so real. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, that was impressive. Tyler? Yeah, very very much the same. I, I I don't think I have a other than the the bus stop scene, which I just I absolutely loved. Um, yeah, it's the it's the whole feel of the film, and and like I like we said too, there's because there's not a plot so much. Um, yeah. uh, like it just is this experiential. It, yeah, it, it I, I I would I I'm go I'm up for just hugging the whole film, frankly, because it, it is. Um, <laughs> it, I I can't even think of something I didn't like. Uh, there was. Um, maybe let me toss this back to you guys. Is there is there anything you guys didn't like? Is there anything that isn't that that you that didn't resonate with you or didn't hook or you just thought that was hokey? But because I, I, I would hug the whole thing. I, I have very little criticism. I have, I have no criticisms for this film. Yeah, Chris, what about you? Yeah. Where are you at? Yeah, no, I I don't I don't think so. It's just it's one of those things that. I guess the, what I will say is that I don't have a whole lot of feeling that I need to revisit it. Sure. Um, I enjoyed the experience and I think it's a wonderful film and I think it is genuine. I think that's the word I've been looking for. Mm -hmm. This feels like a genuine film. Um, I, I don't know that I would ever think, hmm, it's Saturday afternoon. I don't really have anything to do. What should I watch? I'll watch this. Um, so I, I guess that's my only criticism sure. is that it just feels like one and done for me and it's wonderful and it, I would absolutely slap the word masterpiece on it yeah. mm -hmm. but I'm not entirely sure it's something that I would really want to revisit you know what I mean yeah. it's not mm -hmm. it, that's, I don't know I don't, I don't know why that is maybe I need to explore that a do little bit more do you not have me, comfort food films that you watch whenever you just need something that makes you feel better 
I do, but my comfort food films are not um, what most people would be comforting. You know what I mean? Sure, like okay. for me, I, right now I'm going back through um, all the DC superhero mm. films, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. Like I like, I don't know what it is about it. It's just it. It, it's more the nerddom, the geekdom, mm-hmm. the kind of like the big world type stuff, mm-hmm. the the epic storytelling. Mm-hmm. That stuff gets me. This is not that, yep. and yes. that's okay. I'm not saying this is much more just slow and um, and deliberate uh, and charming. But I would not call this like if I'm reaching for something. Sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for something where things blow up. Sorry. Hey, we all have sure, our sure. things. Yeah, no, we do. We do. Right. Um, I do want to address one thing that does make some parents uncomfortable, which uh, Chris yeah. has already alluded to, which is the bathtub scene. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't know that was happening, by the way, and I was like, oh, why didn't I know this was sure, happening? Sure. I would have at least warned them about yeah. cultural differences because it just suddenly happens. So. Right. So we have a scene where um, the dad is in the bathtub with his two daughters, and you know, yeah. you're not seeing any body part problems or anything like that. They are just playing and splashing in the bathtub together. And that is the entire scene. Um, there is a moment where I forget what it was that the girls get a little bit of afraid of. And he's just like, you know, they start laughing together and playing. Yeah. And so it's a cultural thing where that it's normal for a parent to bathe with their kids there. Or at least it was then. I don't know. What it Especially is today. in the 40s, I'm sure. Yeah. Right, and so it's not meant to imply anything. Ooh, I don't know about that. But if that's something that you might want to prepare your kids for, of yeah. the whole, or, or you know that, do you're that have but that's how it's done in a different place and maybe in a different. Well, time. yeah, I think, and again, like it depends on the age of your children. Right, you know what I mean. My kids are eleven and and eight. Right, mm-hmm. um, and so both of them have grown out of really even that age, and so for them. Me just saying it's a cultural thing, and that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But most children, I mean, if they're still getting bathed by their parents, that's a norm. Uh, but it's not normal for the for the for the adults right. to be in with. Right. Um, so that can feel a little. That can feel definitely a little bit. Um, a little bit. Uh, how do I say it? Embarrassing. Sure. Um, for them, but I don't. But it they, is definitely in no way. They took it. They were, they were fine oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they were fine with yeah. that because we talk about that all the time. And we, we talk about that in in other things too, like a lot of cursing or uh, all that. Said, well, you know, some culture, some people in their families, they do that. We're not going to do that in our family. Yeah. That kind of stuff. It's okay. You can you can still respect one another and have different values, right? right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's important, um, and that's why I. But again, I wish I would have known that was happening and I would have just prepared my kids a little bit better for it so that they wouldn't have even asked a question. It wouldn't even, they wouldn't even have batted an eyelash. Yeah. But when it first came up, they were like, oh, this is happening. I was like, oh gosh. Yeah. Okay, cool. So usually I tell you guys nothing if it's something that I recommend because you like to go in blank. But if I recommend a family film you're going to watch with your kids in the future, would you like me to say, hey, you might. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Right. Give give me give, because I even looked on Common Sense Media, which is a good um, it's, yeah, it's website. Very good. Yeah, it's not even mentioned. Oh, really? Um, huh. On there at all? No. It is in the Amazon even, reviews. Is it? Because that's where I found out that some parents are really upset by. Because I was looking sure. at the differences between the versions and how people felt but about the translations, and that came up more than once. Yeah, that's that's one of those things, man. Like. There are there are things to get upset by, and there are things to like like explain and discuss with your you know your yeah. kids a hundred like hundred percent. But I was like, eh, 
get mad about it like that's I don't know whatever but people get mad about it well it can just be very embarrassing sure. for the kids because suddenly it becomes because we all have different sure. you know norms and true. what mm-hmm. we're comfortable with and all that and so to make a child uncomfortable true 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 um, is it can kind of ruin the experience mm-hmm. because then that's all they're able to think about. They're not even able it to distract them. Yeah. Did you have to yeah. pause? Like, I know we're kind of digging into this. Did you have to pause it or like, did it take oh, them out no. of it? Or? No, 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 they're old enough. Both of them are old enough now that I can just say, cause now we're at the point where we are watching PG 13 sure. movies and we're seeing violence and we're seeing, uh, you know, more, you know, adult language and all that kind of stuff. So they're used to that stuff. But honestly, let me just say this too. There is nothing sexual about that scene. Yeah, yeah. nothing at, at all. Oh, not not, yeah. not, even, not even a question. Not even remotely. Nah. So I didn't feel weird about that. It wasn't because sometimes I think you can maybe infer that while why we're talking about this. It's just a little awkward it's, because you're yeah. not used to it. It's a different it is depiction like, than we would normally see. It is absolutely, positively... Um, uh, not genuine. Genuine is not the word I'm looking for, but um, wholesome. I was going to say it's I'm, wholesome, yeah. But it, 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 so the... the, the, the don't hear what I'm not saying, but it is kind of like, oh, that's a that's something that we don't see, mm-hmm. you know, in film all that often. Yeah. I will so say that that's all that was it. on uh, that was on IMDb's parent guide, so it yeah. is there. But okay, see, I need to go there apparently <laughs> rather than Common Sense Media because I didn't see it. I looked beforehand. I just didn't see it. But it was yeah. also it's rated G, so I was yeah, like, you I wouldn't think you'd have mm-hmm. to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The other thing I might offer, which is not going to probably be relevant for most families, but it might be for some. If you are in a home where one of your parents, one of the parents is sick or gone, uh, Um, you know, whether it's like, you know, military deployed or whatever, where there's an absent parent and that is affecting the kid, like that's worth being prepared for depending on how your Mm -hmm. uh, kid is dealing with that. Uh, And they don't, they don't make it, you know, gritty or off or anything like that, but it is a parent who's absent due to illness and the effect it's that has on the kids. And so for some kids, it might even be cathartic to have a movie that sees them and understands those fears and then makes them feel okay about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, guys, where does this fall in terms of, you know, is this a necessary film as a geek on some level to uh, see? What are your thoughts on that? I'll start with Tyler. Uh, I, I think I said this a little bit earlier where I, in terms of, so like the, the, the anime aspect of, of geekdom, um, which I think is a, a, a huge significant thing that, that I'm not as into, although I have been a little bit more getting into lately. Um, Studio Ghibli is is like a cornerstone of like the anime area of geekdom. And so I one say of if, the less strange ones. <laughs> yeah, one of the less strange ones. So I, I would say if, if you're looking for an avenue to like to dip your toe in and say, okay, you know, I don't know much about this this style or or this this genre, but I want to get into it. This, you know, we could mention some other things like Avatar The Last Airbender, which is in that style, or, or some of these other things like Cowboy Bebop, which we've talked about before on the Dragon podcast. Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. Um, this would be one, Pokemon. I would say, mm-hmm. get, like, this is the area to, to dip your toe in. If you don't want to go ultra, uber, you know, weird, flashy sword, lightning battles in the sky, uh, you know, area of, of anime, um, or robots that are, like, sexual in nature and junk like that you know like like this is a good point this is a a very clean very wholesome i i think very accessible though still weird um area of anime Uh, the many people i think would say like spirited away because that's on a lot of lists and it's it won the academy award this one 
I I will never watch Spirited Away again if I can help it. This one is the the better one to to get into. Um, Tyler, can you define anime film. for any of our listeners who just have never gone to that corner of geekdom? Oh no! Uh, when when I say anime, I'm meaning Japanese Japanese animation style, uh, which is which yeah. is very distinct. I mean, it's kind of you know it when you see it. It's it's very, uh, yeah. It's it's Japanese animation style. There's, uh, okay. yeah. If you if you honestly look up the the poster to this film, you know, My Neighbor Totoro, T O T O R O, um, or you know, look up Avatar: The Last Airbender, um, not the movie, but the the show. Um, you'll see. You know the the animation style is very distinct from things like Disney or or a lot of mainstream cartoons. So I don't mean to ask this question, but Avatar is a Western. It is, but it's anime. in that style. Sorry, I should say. Okay, it's it's in the anime wanna, style. Yeah, because my kids my kids love Avatar: mm. The Last Airbender. That is we're, their. We're watching jam. through it again right now. It's it's yeah. just that's that is comfort food. It's another one actually. Justin, our our friend who recommended mm-hmm. this one, uh, Justin got me. He he shamed me. He's like, how how dare you not watch Avatar: The Last Airbender? <laughs> And I, I did, and I think I, I think I binged that one in like a week the first time I saw it, and so now we're going yeah. a little bit slower through it, and I'm like, oh, I forgot about all this. Delightful. <laughs> I, I can't recommend that one highly enough. That is a phenomenal show. So back yeah. to the question that I gave yeah. you originally, Tyler. Do so you, I, is this a necessary film? Yes. Uh, yes. If if we're t- saying if we're saying anime is an is a a cornerstone of geekdom in some fashion. Maybe it's not you know one of the ultra pillars, but it's a certainly a major geekdom. This would be the avenue. I would say yes. I would say Totoro, my neighbor Totoro is a an excellent um, and essential avenue into that. Okay, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I'll go a step further on that, and I'll say that this is in the collective consciousness, in that sure. you will see my neighbor Totoro things and fans and tattoos yep. mm-hmm. and uh, books and. It, it is it is in the geek culture. Yes. So I definitely have always felt like I was missing something. Mm. So it, just for as far as that aspect goes, yeah, you need if, if you call yourself a quote unquote geek, you're probably going to get into a certain, you know, space and realize, oh, I haven't seen I this. haven't seen this yeah. this one thing that is very popular and well respected, well reviewed, well loved, has a huge following and has started a you know a whole branch of uh, you know, uh, followers and fandom. So mm-hmm. I would say from that, from that viewpoint alone, yeah. this is absolutely something that you should punch on your geek card. Yeah. There, there's, there can be no doubt yeah. on that one. Yeah. And no surprises here. I feel the same. <laughs> I think that, I mean, I think Studio Ghibli is something that you should, that is a corner of geekdom that you should spend time in and my neighbor Totoro is one of the best examples the least controversial in terms of being at the pinnacle like with it's most people's top three um now you know if you're a hardcore anime geek you're probably going to have much deeper opinions there but I think for anyone who is um inexperienced where anime is concerned this is an excellent entry point I would also you know point to what Tyler is recommending with uh, the animated series Avatar: The Last Airbender. That's mm-hmm. another essential. But um, for our purposes today, I say yes. This is definitely um, worth your time. And it's also if you've got kids, it is you are going to be offering them something really wonderful to to add to their childhood fantasy experiences with this film. And I highly recommend that you rent it, buy it, whatever works for you. But give them a chance to experience Totoro and his world. Yep. Yep. Well, before I wrap up, do you guys have any other comments? No, I didn't. No, you like, I think that's it. We did it. I feel yeah, like we did I, it. I agree. 
Alrighty. If, if, if you like this, there's there's a, a whole new world out there for you. Absolutely. Um, Tyler, since you have seen more Studio Ghibli, what would you recommend as your next one for people to watch? Uh, Howl's Moving Castle. Howl's Moving Castle, which is which <laughs> is definitely a step into the weird, um, but is uh, is just a delightful, delightful film. Um, yeah, that's a really good one. But but honestly, for me, I I suspect that there are better ones out there uh, just that I haven't explored into. There's a few that mm-hmm. have been on my list for a bit that, especially now that it's on HBO Max, I am uh, definitely digging into. But uh, so actually, Kate, let me throw that back at you. You have been watching through more of the Studio Ghibli. Is there a better second one? I mean, at this point, I would suggest Howl's Moving Castle only because I haven't seen a lot of the big ones yet. Ah. I've been sort of piecemealing my way through. So this will probably show up in future check-ins on the podcast as I talk about things that I've watched and my recommendations for them. Excellent. So, okay then. Um, Well, as we noted at the top of the pod, um, we are doing Dune for our next episode. Yeah, we are. Uh, go back and eyeball book one or catch up if you're not there yet we will be discussing that for our next episode i think we might even have a special guest or two to discuss it so um we are very much looking forward to bringing you our thoughts and experiences with this giant classic of science fiction um, you can find us at Geek Card Check on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're probably the most active on Twitter if if you're looking for the space where the action is happening. I think there was even a, a big conversation that Tyler was talking about earlier going on about Twitter and Star Trek. So if you're looking for more of our Star Trek content, there's a conversation going on there right now. Um, but until next time, try laughing. Then whatever scares you will go away. Mm-hmm.